whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey friends, Karen Pennington here. Normally, I try to touch base and share a thought from scripture every weekday of the week and then take the weekend off, but um, over the summer. On Wednesdays, I do the very, very important job of grandmothering, a job that I love. It's my favorite one right now. And so I wanted to just share a quick thought now, not posting it till tomorrow, Wednesday morning, but I wanted to talk about, huh, Something I love. Free stuff! <laughs> I love getting free stuff. I'm the person that puts together those points. Uh, back before Kmart and Sears closed down, I would get the points and I would get things either free or at a super small cost. I just like searching free stuff. I like getting free stuff. I like getting a big deal. And I have to be honest. If I'm going to be truthful with myself and with you, Almost nothing is free. And I don't mean that to be cynical. I mean that to be realist. Almost everything will cost you something. We like the idea of it's free, but it might cost us time. It might cost us, might be a, a small cost. More than anything, some stuff that we call free, it's really, this is something that will take very little effort or resources and it's worth the investment. That's really what we remember when we say free because, you know, even a hug is free, but you got to put your arms around someone. You got to do something to get it. You know, it's still going to cost you something, even if it's a little bit. Um, very few things cost absolutely zero time or effort. And even the things that cost nothing, there is sort of an excess fee. You know, you you get that uh, you can get scammed by that. People can be like, "Oh, you won a free trip, but just give us your credit card so we can give you a seventy-five dollar access fee." Well, then it's not free because I got this access fee or whatever it's called. Uh, probably the worst, not the worst. I uh, we went. We were actually at our timeshare, and they said, if you just watch this short presentation, we'll give you a free, like, $50 gift card. It might have been $75. I think it was $50 gift card. So we're like, oh, it's short. No. Seven and a half hours later. <laughs> like, you get to the point where you're like, I'm finishing this presentation, but I'm because I'm going to get that stinking card. And then it's like an hour later and an hour later, seven and a half hours later, we sat in this boring Part boring, part intimidating, but really just made me mad over and over and over again. Presentation that was aimed to wear us down so that we'd buy something bigger, but we didn't. So it should have, the last time we were in that, we got our timeshare. So that free presentation cost us $5,000. Fortunately, it was a little timeshare um, that we, you know, we well, used it once. And then, like, we're here and, like, we sit, spend an entire day of our vacation because we couldn't do anything. We're exhausted after seven and a half hours. Fifty dollars. I worked it out. For both of us to space seven and a half hours to get this $50 card, that would work out to about $3.33 an hour. We got paid to sit through this. That was minimum wage 40 years ago. That gift card was not free. So we think of free and it's really a misnomer. It's 
the better thing is to say a good investment. You know, even even when we think of forgiveness, it's it's priceless. But I don't think back in the day, the Bible day people call it free. We we have to give forgiveness to get it. We have to receive forgiveness. We have to give repentance. We have to what we're giving is good because it's things we need to get rid of. <laughs> things that are bad for us, you know, we're exchanging it's not free, it's exchanging bad stuff for good stuff. Well, that term freedom, I don't think that's what we always think it is either because, first of all, it's not free. It costs somebody something, and we have to do something to access it, right? But even more than that, in the United States, the day that we call the day of freedom for the United States, we call it Independence Day. We think that freedom means, and this is a problem, freedom to us a lot of times is independence from something. And really, freedom is as much dependence on something as independence from something. Because, you know, if we were just independent from England and had no infrastructure and everybody did whatever they wanted and people knocked each other down, that's not really freedom. And unfortunately, I think sometimes our society is headed in that direction. Not too bad. I'm not an anarchist. I'm not somebody, you know, I still think there's many good things about living in this country, but... It, it's like we feel like freedom means a pass to do whatever you want and have no consequences. Well, there are always consequences, good and bad, to what we do. That's the other thing. There's never no consequences. There's never no price. You know, for us to say that is so misguided. Not that I haven't said that or been misguided in the past, but yeah, we declared independence from England at our best. That was so we could learn to be dependent on each other as a nation, on our families, on the land, on our infrastructure. We still stay dependent. You can't be independent of nothing. Everybody's going to be dependent on something. And everybody's going to be a slave to something. I know we don't like that word slavery, but I don't mean slave in the sense of harsh labor, whip you in the back, do what I say. I'm talking about we're going to serve something. We're going to serve some ideology, some thought, some person. Um, the freedom really comes in that we get to choose who we serve. And actually, when we say I can do whatever I want, when we say nobody masters me, those are usually the most enslaved people. See, because we always there's always freedom to sin. We just can't tell somebody not to. There are certain things in our society that we call sins, you know, murder, theft, things like that, that there are consequences for, that we can sort of restrain, and there are things like that, and we should as a society, but other things like you can't outlaw bad thoughts. Um, you can try to outlaw relationships. Good luck there, healthy or unhealthy. There are just certain things that, I, I, even in Jesus' day, in God's day, there were, there were rules, but in terms of the law, there are certain things. People have a right to choose, a God-given right to do stupid things, to do unhealthy things. And there's only so much of it that we can dictate or even punish as a society. And so sometimes we'll expand that. We'll say you have more and more and more rights. And so people have a right in the society to make really bad decisions. I'm not even talking about like moral conscience or religion or th those are all things or or political party. I'm talking about you can have really bad relationships with really bad people. You can squander all of your money and then expect somebody else to pay for you. You know, you can do all of that. And sometimes there's a crutch where somebody else will come along in what's supposed to be grace and help and mercy 
and help you, but that ends up being a reason for you to just like somebody who's addicted to bad things, they'll just keep doing that. And they're in this pit. They're, you can say, I can do whatever I want. I'm free to do whatever I want, but you're a slave to that addiction. Or you're a slave to that sin. Or you're a slave to that craving so that I can do whatever I want. I'll just say, that is a lie from hell. None of us can do whatever we want because ultimately we will get in this pit where the, we're not going to be able to do whatever we want and then there not be consequences. However, we can choose to submit to God. We can choose to seek God's way. We can say, choose to want to do things the way God wants them, wants us to do them. And that will, what happens, this is what's really great. You know, delight yourself in the Lord. Jeremiah 39, oh, 29, 13. I'm, now I'm all messed up, but submit yourself to the Lord. Um, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So this is the crazy thing. When we try to let our desires lead us and do whatever we want, they lead us astray. We get confused. We get bound. We get less and less of more we, more of what we want. We get more of a chasm. Like the less satisfied you get because you can't get satisfied with the things of this world. But then we delight in ourselves in the Lord. When we hunger and thirst for righteousness, when we cultivate healthy attitudes and healthy things of God, there's a freedom in that because the more we surrender to God, the more we serve God, the more that's exactly what we want because we realize it's meeting our needs. It's like cultivating healthy eating and sleeping habits. You do it at first because you have to, but the more you do it, the more you feel that freedom of, oh, I have rest. Oh, I don't have to worry. Um, there's a freedom in surrender. There's a freedom in understanding this is the price I want to pay because what I'm getting, it's an investment as opposed to squandering and being left in the lurch by making bad decisions. We make this investment. And then even our sins, even our mistakes can be part of the process because we repent and God will redeem them. And not that we don't have problems, but there's just this sense of redemption. And I don't have to worry about, oh my goodness, what if I mess up? Okay, I'll mess up and God will use it. And there's just this freedom and lightness about us because all of a sudden we're under someone else's yoke. And I do mean yoke. Jesus, excuse me, I just ate something. Um, Jesus in Matthew 11, 28 and 29 says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart. For the yoke I will give you is easy. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's talking to people who are Israelites, who are in towns of Galilee, Chirazin and Bethsaida. He just lambasted them. He's like, listen, you're not listening. You are not doing things right. Woe to you. You are worse than sight and entire, which, you know, they were, had been condemned before. And he's like, sight and entire, not even they. Oh, my goodness. Not even, not even they would have kept from repenting. You're just hard-hearted. So he pretty much is calling them hard-hearted, hard-headed, really. And so let's look at it from the perspective of the people there. They were probably rich because it was a merchant city. It was a seaside city, Therese and Bethsaida. They would have been fairly rich. They would have been merchants. They would have been independent. They would have been holier-than-thou religious and this probably dirty-looking vagabond carpenter with a bunch of misfit teens following him around comes into town 
and says there's something wrong with them because they're not listening to him? Why would they? And then he said, come to me? Okay, you're the tireless wanderer, and we're the rich people with the big houses. You're going to tell us that you give us rest? And on top of that, he says, yoke. Yoke is related to slavery. Yoke is really what was put on an oxen's head or an oxen's neck or two at once, but it would have been related to slavery. You know, like, we're not animals. We're Israelites. We're not slaves anymore. We escaped Egypt. That's part of our identity. Um, We're not weak. We're strong. And we're not meek. We're certainly not going to surrender to you, you filthy carpenter. You know, this is the kinds of things I must might have been thinking. This is conjecture, but just, again, who they are. The fact that they were the ones, that area, that was the region of Galilee where Jesus was from. The one region where he was just unequivocally rejected. He couldn't even do miracles in some of those areas because people were just so... It, God was a, allowing them to... God allows us to be parts of the miracles, and sometimes we just receive it. They wouldn't receive him. They wouldn't receive the truth. And... You know, they were independent. They were self-starters. They didn't need anybody. They didn't need God. So they thought, although they didn't confess that. What they were saying is, we don't need you, Jesus. Ha! Little did they know, Jesus was God, is God. But he's telling them, I'll give you rest. And it's just this weird thing because he's talking about a yoke and talking about rest. He's talking about meekness and then talking about, he's talking to rich people about coming to him. And he's saying something about a light burden. Well, yoke means burden, right? And then you juxtapose this with what Paul said about Christ, you know, a couple decades later, uh, maybe two, three decades later, between 50 and 60 sometimes, that's where most of Paul's letters were written, where he says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So he says, don't be burdened by a yoke. And Jesus says, burn yourself with my yoke. It's lighter than anything you had. had it almost seems to contradict, but listen to what he's saying. He's saying, yoke of slavery, yoke of sin, yoke of religious spirit. The Galatians had it on both sides. They had the people who were saying, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. Some people call them Judaizers, or some kind of call them legalistic. There was a form of Gnosticism that says you have to beat up your body. And they were saying you have to do this, 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 this. Or you're not going to be, God's just not going to take you. And then others are saying, do whatever you want. God loves you. Freedom was a free ticket to do whatever they wanted. And yet they were engaging in the very things that hurt them. Because sometimes when we have greater choices, we end up leading ourselves into greater freedom. I mean, sorry, into greater slavery. Sometimes if somebody pays all the bills all the time and we don't have to work for it, then we get into a greater poverty mindset. We get into a greater financial debt because that free pass has us making decisions that make us worse off. We're not learning the skills of discipline or self-control. We don't have the understanding or the conviction that's needed to live healthy lives, which is what you know true freedom is. We want to be healthy and happy, you know? Pursuit of happiness. That's Declaration of Independence. But it's talking about this, really the same thing. Because you're going to be under some yoke. Something is going to be leading you around one way or the other. You're a slave in that we're going to follow something. We'll follow something. And Jesus is saying to these people that we're following their own sense of brightness, their own wealth, their own mistaken concept of independence. And he was saying, come to me. 
I'm going to help you. Now, now a bad master could use a yoke to really put a harsh load and to force people in the wrong direction to really keep them, their necks captivated. But a good farmer, he might have like this double yoke where that yoke actually made the load easier because it distributed, distributed it better. Instead of being like choking on your neck or pulling on your back, it distributed the way it was made, distributed it better. And there would be this double yoke where they would put this bigger, stronger, more seasoned oxen um, and yoke it with a younger one who was learning. And that bigger one took the brunt of the load. The younger one was helping a little bit. Helped, he was helping a little. But the bigger one took the brunt of the load. The bigger one knew how to walk. And the bigger one helped the younger one walk straight. So not only did the yoke itself end up being something that helped in the hands of the right master, but that, that other ox right beside it was helping. And... Um, the ox got, got to be part of it and got to be strengthened in the process. And that's what Jesus is saying. This is the yoke. Not only do we have God the Father, but we had Jesus, that stronger oxen, the one who was one of us. He chose not just to be the great master, but to be the great servant. He chose to walk right alongside us to bear the brunt of our sin, which we couldn't afford or do on our own, and walk alongside us and show us how it's done. That's freedom. That's freedom. And it's kind of a cool drug. It's the only drug really worth getting addicted to, you know? The more we serve the Lord, the more we serve the Lord and the more we really seek things of God. I shouldn't just say serve because there are some people that serve with frowns on their faces. There are people that serve without victory, that kind of thing. But the more we really truly seek righteousness, you know, um, as it says in Matthew 5, Six, I should have these things up. Blessed are those in the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The only thing that gives a sense of full satisfaction, keeps us coming back for more, but then refilling us over and over again, is that thirst for righteousness. That's the yoke worth having. That is the servitude. The slavery, if you will. That leads, that's the good kind of slavery. It's the slavery that leads to freedom. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for your yoke. Thank you that you were willing to come alongside us. Thank you for what the true meaning of freedom is, Lord. Help us to take joy, not in just the things that we're free from, because we don't want to be part of sin. We don't want to be part of bondage. We don't want to be part of our evil desires leading us, Lord. But thank you that you can just deliver us over and over and over again, and that we can be set free by being fully reliant and fully servant, servant, servant to to you, and that we can never outgive you, God. And that we can never outjoy you. And that the more we surrender, the more free we become. Lord, help us to understand what that means in our daily lives. In your name, amen. Be blessed, my friends.